Uh, my name is Scott Norquest. I'm the uh, next-gen pastor at Byesville Assembly of God about an hour east of here. Uh, my wife, well, who's in this session, uh, she wasn't in my first one, but the... Um, we, we just started there in October, uh, but we've been next-gen, which is youth and kids. We've been doing that for two and a half years or so now. Um, we, we brought, we added youth to our thing. And before that, we were youth leaders, but not the people in charge. Um, so it's, it's been, a, been a really fun ride. God's, uh, God's blessed us and, and uh, helped us, so hopefully uh, today's session blesses you and, and uh, some info. Um, it was supposed to be a panel, and uh, so it's false advertising in the synergy thing. Because about about three weeks ago, um, we came down to do kid to pack the Kidmin in a box things at the network office, and Megan Boyle, our new Kidmin director, um, me and Kim Kelly, because hers was supposed to be a panel too, and uh, but she told both of us, uh, "Your panels aren't panels anymore. You're it." And uh, so, come up with something. So, uh, what I did um, in the descriptions uh, for the class, because those were put in there like in November of last year. I took those and I kind of broke them into just a couple of bullet points. I want this to be more, a little bit more discussion and, and kind of big idea. Uh, there'll be some practical things. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you need some practical things, I'm happy to help with that. But I, I want us to kind of shape our philosophy and, and kind of point us in there because every church is different. And doing youth and kids at one church in Columbus versus Byesville in you know, rural America with 2,000 total people, um, you know, it, it's totally different. So uh, I want to talk kind of big picture of next gen, uh, kind of where we're at, where kids are at, and um, just kind of what, what the task is ahead of us. Um, it's going to be kind of heavy, just to warn you. I know right after lunch, you're like, oh man, no. Usually I grab the remote, watch football, and fall asleep. But uh, this is not going to be that. So we're going to start off kind of heavy. Uh, but uh, as we go through the, the major sessions, I, I have a time at the end that I was going to do questions. But I think what I'll do is I'll pause after each thing, after each component. Uh, so if you have questions or if you want to share a success story, I mean, we're, we're all on this team together. So, um, you know, I'm certainly not the not the foremost only expert or anything like that. I'm not trying to be that, but it's, um, uh, so I want us to kind of help each other in this. So we'll, we'll all be panelists, right? Uh, we'll do it that way. So let's start with the really heavy. So this current generation that's coming. Um, I mentioned this in my previous class and it's a phrase that I've kind of been hammering out. Um, the, for like the last week or so. Did anybody in here go to the Next Gen Conference in Florida? I know Sean was there. We housed together. Yeah, okay. Um, I've been in the Assemblies of God for over 40 years, and at the national level, all the ministries, your BGMC, your JBQ, your children's ministry, the, the youth, the, uh, all the different things that we do were, were siloed and operated individually when I was a kid. Like, JBQ didn't talk to BGMC. Children's Ministry didn't talk to JBQ and BGMC. It was, everybody was in their lane and there was no, no cohesion. And about 10 years ago, um, the, the, the new national director started to break down the silos and, you know, obviously th these things need to all work together and fuel a, a common mission. And um, so the children's ministry for the last 10 years at the national level and here in Ohio has really become more integrated uh, and, and team oriented, which needs to be. And so at the national, uh, at the national next gen conference that they just had, the, the, the executive leadership, Doug Clay and Rick DeBose and you know, everybody that runs the AG uh, from the national level, they were all there for the whole conference. And um, Rick DeBose, our, our, super, our assistant superintendent, he, uh, he opened the session and he did a phrase, uh, if you were in my first session you heard me say this phrase, but he said a phrase that says, you can't design your church for the generation on its way out. Um, and I would add to that, you can't design your church for the generation that's there. Because I'm a Gen Xer and even the millennials who people picked on for so long, right? But they're, they're living life now and realizing, oh, I do need to have a job. And I do need, you know, that kind of stuff. They're living life and they're doing, doing it now. But now we've got to prepare for this. What was the, what was, you know, it's, pre -gen, it's after Gen Z. That the next gen, I think it's Gen Alpha is what they're calling it. Um, gen Alpha. Um, what's, what's ministry to them look like? Um, so... Kind of what we, what we have to do, and COVID really exposed this. Um, you know, for 
nothing's new under the sun, right? Obviously. So there have been family challenges, single parent homes, um, you know, absentee parents, uh, you know, addiction, uh, all these different things in the home and mental health challenges, depression, uh, which also leads to addiction and some other things, addictions to pornography and drugs. And so we've had these challenges, right, uh, all throughout ministry for ever. And, but it, it seems like up until like two, two and a half years ago, we were dealing with just a couple of things in this category or a couple of things in this category. COVID hit and the entire bucket dumped on the church, right? Um, kids in, between the ages of 11 to 14, uh, cutting, addiction, suicide attempts, and depression have tripled in the last four, four and a half years. The percentage of kids doing that. Nine to 11 year olds quadrupled those same four issues, right? So we have an enormous task ahead of us. Um, and we've, for, and I was part of this, but we've kind of dropped the ball because we, the, the goal has been to get them to church. And the goal has been to get them to participate in programs um, and that sort of thing. And it hasn't, we, we lost sight of the fact that those programs and tools like Junior Bible Quiz, like BGMC, are, are tools to help the parents disciple their kids and to come alongside and partner with, with parents and families to, to help them disciple their kids. And in many cases of the single moms and the kids who, whose parents are gone, we are those spiritual parents and it, it's on us. Um, I was the, I'm, I'm the former Bible Quiz director for Ohio. I uh, did that for several years, but uh, my, my heart and mission for next gen, I used to say for kids, but it, it really is the family. And um, God established the family in Genesis he established it long before the church. The family was God's kingdom building mechanism thousands of years before the church was. The church was just an, an outgrowth of the family. And it is the family of God. It's like a, a, a larger vision of God's plan. So uh, Deuteronomy 6. Uncertainty of culture, addiction. We talked about that. Come on. There we go. I'm going to put it on the screen for you. Deuteronomy 6. There we go, six through nine, okay? Um, if you want to open it in U version, you can, but it's on the screen here. I'm going to read it. Uh, this is from the New Living Translation. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. This is Moses talking to the people of God, uh, to Israel. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Don't ever stop, right? Tie them uh, to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Wear them on the doorposts uh, of your house and on your gates. Put them on your fridge, your coffee cups, your t-shirts, whatever, right? Socks, shoes, all the, all the above, right? Um, that's that's next-gen ministry. That's the, that's the heart, and God established it right along with, with the law. Um, and in the garden, you know, be fruitful and multiply, the, the original commands. Hu humankind had four do's and one don't, and we couldn't even get that right, right, at the beginning. We couldn't even get that right. So um, now the task seems, seems daunting, which it is, but... Um, you know, how for Jesus, all things are possible, right? And that's, I don't mean that flippantly or in a cliche. It really, really is. So the task before us is heavy. It's big. And it, depending on your community and the culture of your church and, and where, where you're serving, it, the, way you, the way you come at that and come about that and the strategies that your, your, your church puts in place with the vision of your lead pastor and your team and, and who you are, uh, those are things you really need to seek God on. And, and say, where do we start? Um, and uh, it was kind of nice that I already had my other presentation done when I got told that I was doing this one as myself. So I'm kind of borrowing a couple of things. So those of you that are in here, you're going to hear some similar things, but not. It's, it, there's also new stuff. Um, the phrase, you know, how to eat an elephant one bite at a time. Uh, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, first decide who you want to be 
or who you're supposed to be, find out who you're supposed to be in Christ, and do just start with one thing, one small thing. Okay? Yes, the problems are gigantic, right? But it starts with us doing one thing to live out our own identity in Christ, and through that we bring along the next generation. Um, again, we're talking like big picture. Um, how that plays out is, is relative to where you are and, and what God wants you to do. Um, any questions on kind of the, the setup? Anybody need me to repeat anything or put anything else? You're good? Okay, cool. There's not going to be a ton of information on there. It's going to be more spoken. So if you need me to repeat something, just raise your hand and let me know. So number one, environments. The environments that promote next-gen discipleship. The environments that promote next-gen discipleship. Okay? Again, it starts with us. Some of us need to address our own environment, our own, our own time, how we manage our schedule, how engaged we are with the people around us, how we, how we treat our teams, uh, th- those of us that are like the director level and have teams under us. Um, some of you are, are that volunteer. How many are, are just part of the team and they're, they're volunteers? Okay, a good number of you, right? So your job is to lead up, right? Um, be, be that per, stay in line with your leader's vision and, and kind of what the overall goal is, but use your gifts and your, your drive and your ability to, to lead up and just be that person that they can just count on that, um, that you know, they don't have to worry about. Okay? Uh, we we kind of had this discussion yesterday in our, in our area leader conference where, um, you know, there are some people who feel slighted that kids ministry and youth ministry don't get a seat at the table at some of our area meetings and things like that, which hasn't been my experience. But, um, you know, there's a degree to which my experience has been that, you know, that they've entrusted me with this responsibility because the pastor has to spend a thousand more plates than I do as just the kids pastor or youth pastor. So we need to be that, that individual that's trustworthy, uh, which is one of the qualifications of church leadership, right? Be trustworthy and faithful in our lane and whether we get a mention or not, right? Because there's a crown waiting for us anyway, we shouldn't need the mention, right? So, um, so our environments, we need to change our own our own mindset a little bit, retool some things, change some of our habits, our daily routines, whatever that might be, uh, to kind of help make this. And then translate that into our church environment. Okay, um, set up your, your, your kid's space. If it's a shared space, um, at our church, we're, we're at a smaller church, and we have, you know, our, our fellowship hall is also our kid's church, so we have to have things that are easy to, like, take down and put away in case they have a dinner there or something like that. Uh, that's kind of the norm for most churches. You know, this is, like, phenomenal. Like, the kids have their own in-ground, in, in, uh, inside play, playground, right? So, that's not going anywhere. You know, you just, you want to have an event here, you deal with it, we got a playground, move on, you know? Um, so, we don't all have this kind of, like, idealistic facility. So, the, the environments, we, we need to promote something that, that, that's warm and engaging to kids, bright colors, uh, kind of, whatever, you know, again, your culture, um, where you're at, some, some suburban areas like the black and gray and the flat simple you know that that works well aesthetically and uh, other other areas it's you know bright colors and rainbows and unicorns everywhere whatever so again set up your environment to, to engage your culture and inspire your kids and your students if you have rainbows and unicorns in youth group that's we'll talk about that another time but um you know Set them up to where it's inviting when parents bring their kids for the first time or, or regularly that they're like, oh, I'm glad I get to leave my kid here. I, I feel good. I can go up and I can just plug in and worship God in, in my experience because they're going to have a good time. Um, part of that environment is also creating those opportunities to encounter the Holy Spirit and engage Scripture, obviously. Um, if you're not teaching the Bible, you're just doing babysitting for Jesus. And that's not ministry. It's not. Uh, at least not from a routine discipleship. Now there may be events or like you might have a parent date night where you are just kind of hanging out, watching a movie, drop your kids off, mom and dad go on a date. You know, that's, that's one thing. But to routinely, in your routine services, make sure you're giving them opportunities to engage scripture and to engage with the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that ultimately helps bring that understanding um, and, and transform lives. Okay. 
You can raise up a bunch of Bible quoting monkeys. I say this as the former Bible quiz director. You can raise up a, bu- a bunch of Bible quoting monkeys who are just as atheistic as, as Sam Harris, right? Um, I know plenty of atheists that, that know a lot of scripture. Um, there have been plenty of people who aren't, you know, there's this, so you have to have both. Bible engagement and the Holy Spirit to, to work in them um, and that sort of thing and be praying for your kids, right? And then you take what you were doing at home and you, you have this, you're modeling kind of that at the church. Invite your parents to, to be a part um, of your ministry. Invite parents to just kind of maybe have a family day where you do kids' church, but the parents get to come and be a part of kids' church. Let them see you model discipling your kids because it's nice to have Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, Go disciple your kids, teach them the Word of God. But most of the parents, and at least in my experience, are like, okay, so how do I do that? Right? Because no five-year-old is going to open up their Bible and sit across the table for just a, a 50-minute Bible study, right? That ain't happening, right? So you take your environments at your church, your, your engaging environments, and try and make those portable. Give parents ideas to create those spaces at home and those times at home. Um, and, and, and create those environments to, to where they can learn. Um, I kind of went overboard and when my kids were young and we had, we've, we had those sessions sometimes of hour and a half JBQ sessions. Um, you know, but it was in them, you know, and so I had to pull back and lots of eye rolls from this one because uh, I, I can be intense and um, I'm a lot more mellow now, if you can believe that, than I was, you know, 10 years ago when we were jumping into this thing. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's still important that kids have the Word of God in them. I always say, like, breathing. You don't have to think to breathe, right? So you get the Word of God in them, and you have them have those spiritual experiences enough to where it's almost second nature to them, and they just walk in the faith, right, without having to think, okay, this, then this. It's just, it's natural. Living for God becomes natural. Um, so help the parents... Give them opportunities to, to create those spaces at home. If you have disengaged parents, maybe you have a bus ministry where you go to like the, the apartment complex or the trail. Does anybody do that? Anybody in here? Okay. I know there are churches that do that. But if you have like disengaged parents that aren't churched and these kids are coming regularly, but they're coming either with grandma or with a friend, then grandma becomes that spirit. And then you, you might have to up your, your investment a little bit with, with grandma and become an, an additional spiritual parent a, until those parents come to Christ and get on board too. Um, again, the task isn't super easy, and there's no one smoking gun or silver bullet, but um, environments, creating those environments, modeling those environments, and uh, just giving parents the, re- the resources to help create those environments at home. And, um, you know, just, it's not as, it's not as complex and difficult um, as, as the Im- initial impression is for parents to have to disciple their kids. Make it, you know, a, a take home. Teach them how to use your take home sheet with a little devotional and a memory verse, you know, Stuff like that, little, little things like that. We're in a digital age. You can make the, you know, make a quick YouTube video. You can even make it a private link if you don't want to, you know, make it public and just send a link out to parents only in your ministry to, you know, hey, parents, here's a quick link to one-minute video of how to use our take-home every day at home, right? Little things like that because um, you, can, you can do a lot with this. This is a, a great tool when you use it properly. I had a whole different conversation in my previous session, those of you that were in there. And we'll touch on that a tiny bit here, but nothing crazy. Um, so that's, uh, that's environments. Any questions on environments before I go to Karen Coach? Anything you repeated? Okay. All right. So Karen Coach, uh, these, are, these are core components of leader development. Um, Children's ministry, youth ministry, um, young adult ministry, that's all under the umbrella of our our Ohio driver leader development. And I'm part of the leader development coaching team under Kidman. Um, So the caring coach is a a key part. Uh, And this kind of ties back into environments. So we present the environments, we create these environments, and then we, that's kind of a part of caring, right? Um, Your kids are well taken care of, you know, they're, they're loved when they're here, they're with us. And then we also are showing you, we're coaching you how to create these environments at home and, uh, and, and do the mission that, uh, that God did. But there's, there's some levels of care and coach that we have to do. Number one, we got to care and coach for our kids and students, right? That's kind of our first main, main line. 
and uh, you know they come to us and we we need to care and, and coach enough to to you know when the kids pastor hopefully your kids pastor is giving you the lesson that you're teaching if you're a volunteer teacher um, you know a few days ahead of time at least so you can look it over and not show up Sunday morning at 9:55 and walking in and then you know trying to teach while doing this you know um, if you're a kids pastor in here please 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 make sure that your people have their 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 core lesson materials uh, ahead of time and then make sure that you if there's props or anything. Um, you know, try and get those prepped for them too so they can just walk in. Um, especially if you're a paid kids pastor. If you're a paid kids pastor, that's what you get paid to do to equip your team to do the work of the ministry. Um, if you're a volunteer kids pastor, I get it. Um, I was that too. Um, just try your best and, and you might need to recruit help uh, to say, hey, we need shoe boxes for this and just get the word out, uh, that sort of thing. Anyway, um, care and coach. So part of caring for your students is prepping your lessons, prepping your team, working into that. Um, and, and so when the kids come, you're, you can be fully engaged with them. You're not married to a paper. You kind of know it. And it doesn't even matter if you're on script, if you know what the, the main point is and the, and the verse and what, what you're trying to communicate, do it in your own words, right? I give my people the freedom to do that. They don't, they don't have to be married to the True Fire script and what the True Fire says. Say this at this time. No. You be you and communicate this, but say it you, right? Empower your people, give them, give them coaching to, to be free, and students the same way. Teach them, you know, teach them the Bible, help them to understand what it means, not just in, that they can quote it, help them to apply it to their lives. Uh, in my youth messages, I have a, I, I exposit a passage or whatever, and we kind of break down the verses and kind of do the background and the context, and then I come to a segment that I call, So What? And at this point, I've got them trained. I said, okay, where are we now? And they're like, they all yell, so what? And that's where we take what we learn from the Bible. Okay, so how do I live this out? And make it practical. Make it, and, and simple. Simple is important. <laughs> I learned that lesson the hard way. Don't overdo it. Um, so, because uh, I can be complicated more often than simple. But, um, you know, so with your students, make the application simple. Okay, we talked about spending time with God. So your assignment this week is three minutes a day. That's it. Just shut the phone down. Go away. Spend three minutes with God. Whether you want to pray or read your Bible, I don't care what you do. Just that three minutes is just with God. Turn the TV off. Turn the music off. Nothing. That kind of thing. Something. Just a very practical, simple step that they can start to develop. Okay? And you'll have about maybe two or three of your two or three out of ten that will come back next week and say, yeah, I did that. Or, you know, most of them will say, well, I did it two times this week, Pastor Scott. Well, that's two more times than they would have if you hadn't said do it, right? So keep it simple. Um, coach, and at the same time, you're caring for your kids and students. And then families, I already mentioned this in our environments. Same thing with your families. Give them simple, practical things that they can use to help their kids along. Communicate to your parents, hey, I do this in, I use GroupMe. I don't know if you have a group communication system with your parents. If you don't, get one. Um, they're free. Um, it, you know, hey parents, this week we talked about such and such in scripture and we're asking the kids to spend three minutes alone with God every day. If you could just encourage them and, and uh, say, hey, did you spend your three minutes? What did God do? What did God do for you? Just kind of a couple little probing things. Not to be nagging, but to kind of encourage that habit. Right? Um, and so send that out. Your job is to coach them as much as possible. You're not responsible whether or not they coached. Whether or not they execute. Right? The Bible says go and make disciples. It doesn't say go and save people. Right? We teach them the habits. We, we teach them the way we show them. We give them practical steps to do the things of God. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit that ultimately will transform them and change them and, and make those habits real in their life, right? But in the meantime, we teach them to fake it till they make it, right? Uh, we want them to do that. So care and coach for the students and the families, okay? Um, questions on care and coach before we dive into this, this part. Okay, apparently I'm being super, super clear. All right, overseeing next-gen ministry with excellence. Overseeing next-gen ministry with excellence. Excellence is a term that gets us in a lot of trouble. Um, 
Excellence is, as I define it, what we read in Deuteronomy 6. Commit yourselves wholeheartedly. Be faithful. That's excellence. Excellence is not 55,000 followers. Excellence is not getting on preachers with sneakers, although I like my shoes. Um, Excellence is not being Elevation Church. Excellence is not being Life Church. Excellence is not being insert your celebrity pastor here. Okay? Excellence is you being faithful where God planted you, wholeheartedly committing yourselves to your students and the families and, and your church, where you're at. That's excellence. So when we say next-gen ministry with excellence, your heart and your calling is to right where God has you right now. Okay? So don't think that because... I'll tell you right now, right now we have seven kids in our youth group. I don't have a hundred kids. I couldn't, I, I can't fill this room with my youth group. I can almost fill it with my kids because the kids are the first ones that tend to come back when you build something, right? But, um, but with the youth, I got seven right now and I'm trying to mold their little skulls full of mush and get them aimed the right direction and do all that, right? The wholehearted pursuit of faithfulness and committing yourselves to that where you are, that's excellence, Okay? Not every church has a budget to pull off a look like this. You know, ours is a church basement. It's nice. It's clean. It's well, you know, we just renovated seven different rooms and picked up some classrooms and stuff. Take care of your facility. Steward your facility. But steward where you're at and be wholeheartedly faithful. That's excellence, right? In addition to that, with physical stuff, um, team pastoring. We're, we're, uh, if, you're, if you're a kid's pastor or you're over a team or in charge of a particular segment of ministry, maybe you're a BGMC coordinator or uh, you're over the nursery workers only or over the toddler, whatever that might be, be a shepherd and a pastor. T- check in with your team once or twice a week, just a text or a phone call, whatever their wheelhouse is, um, and, and just how's it going or, or share a Bible verse or just some kind of word of encouragement. Be a pastor to your team. Uh, Your communications and your teachings and your trainings don't always have to be about them serving your ministry better. Be about their heart and their soul, and that will translate to them wanting to serve better and and come to you and and participate in things uh, like that. So pastor your team. And then obviously pastoring families, um, being available, uh, you know, for parents to call. and also, I'll say this, you, you also need to be ready to have some hard conversations. Who's had the, here's my kid, fix it thing? Anybody had that happen? Okay, I saw one hand, right? Parents who aren't engaged, who haven't discipled their kids, who don't regularly come to church or don't do, you know, they, show, they give you a call and say, you know, Sally's doing this, help. Yeah, I want to help, but I'm also not just going to, call Sally and go out for ice cream and counsel her, I'm going to be like, okay, how many times are you praying with your daughter? How many times, you know, trying to get some background information, what's going on, that sort of thing. Not necessarily in an accusatory fashion, um, although I come across that way sometimes, but, uh, but it's, it, you, you, want it, you want to kind of get the whole picture, first of all, and in doing that and asking those probing questions, you help the parent to realize, oh, well, I missed this and missed that, and that's where you can get back into the coaching, and you can kind of talk about Take five minutes, you know, we're not asking you to spend three hours a day with a, you know, getting a doctorate and, or an MDiv with your kid, right? You, you just, you want those little moments. Um, talking about it, but when you walk along the road, you, you know, when you're driving, you're driving in your car in a commute to sports back and forth, you know, there, there's a cool sunset or something, you know, just recognizing God made that. That's discipleship. You know, you just covered Genesis 1 right? Uh, Just taking those God moments and coaching families through that. Um, So being a pastor to your family, and sometimes you got to crack the whip a little with parents. I get that, and especially with kids, Um, you know, but in those moments that that whip cracking can't just be about them getting off your back. It's got to be about them realigning their life and and aiming them toward Jesus. and I've done that effectively and ineffectively in my life, and uh, that's one of the hard lessons that I've I've learned in this in this calling. Um, it, you've got to you've got to do it in such a way that points them to Christ, uh, that points them to to those things. 
So we, we lead with excellence. We care and coach. We've got to think of the next gen as that's what, that's what we're here for at this point. Um, we, we, need to, we need to rise up and, and pray for our teams and pray for our families, pray for families that we don't even know are going to be coming to our church. B- basically kind of a, a build it and they will come kind of thing, right? Field of dreams. Anybody remembers that, right? If you build a wholehearted, committed kids ministry and, you, and you're shepherding your team and that sort of thing, if your numbers are low, don't build it for the low numbers. Build it for what God's going to bring because if you're faithful enough and, and believe enough and have enough faith that God's going to fill those spaces, I just mentioned we picked up three classrooms and my caveat to that is now God's got to fill it. Right? We have stewarded our facility. We, we're pray- the lead pastor and I are praying for the next gen and, and families to come in and families are starting to trickle in. Um, you know, we've, we've, only, we've had like four families in the last month or so, uh, new families, and so they're trickling in. But if you're faithful over what you have, if you have a wholehearted commitment to excellence right where you're at, and you strive for what God wants you to be there, not, again, not the, not the elevations and the big boys. You're, you know, that's, we don't strive for that. We strive for what God wants us there. Okay? Um, there's a, a story I like, and it was mentioned in our uh, Pastor John... Um, Pastor John Musgrave, who's part of our church health thing, we're, we're going through the Acts 2 journey. I don't know if any of you have heard of that. But it's, it's kind of a vision casting thing for churches. Our lead pastor is new. Uh, he just started in June. And like I said, we just started in October. And so we're going through this journey. And Pastor John, at our last session, uh, he, he talked about, he, he said, Does anybody, has anybody ever heard of, um, or he, he talked about Billy Graham, but nobody ever has heard of the guy that Billy Graham got saved under. And, I was, and he's like, does anybody heard of it? And of course, I'm a nerd. I've re- I read a lot. And I'm like, yeah. Does anybody know the name of the man whose ministry Billy Graham was saved under? Yeah. Mordecai Ham. He was a traveling evangelist, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. We need Mordecai. We need a lot more Mordecai Hams and fewer Billy Grahams. Because if it weren't for the faithfulness of Mordecai Ham and his, saving his hundreds and going to his little towns just in the south, Billy Graham doesn't go throughout the world. Okay? We may not be Billy Graham. We're, we're not called to be that. Okay? Necessarily, maybe some of you are. Maybe God showed you a vision. Awesome. Cool. But uh, for the most part, ministry is about being Mordecai Ham. Faithful where you're at. Faithful to the gospel. Preaching the gospel and staying in your lane. And then God will raise up whomever he chooses to do the next level things. Right? Uh, we're, we're, we have this American culture thing where you know anybody anybody can do anything and you, if you put your mind to it you can be this and it's you know that picture of what we think it is is not God's picture of what excellence and what what arriving is right um, and some some churches are just going to faithfully serve two or three hundred people in their community but they're going to be healthy there's not going to be any fist fights at the board meetings. You know, the, the kids, they're going to they're raise up and they're going to launch out and they're going to serve and they're going to be lawyers and doctors, but they're going to be people who are plugged into their church and sa- serving all those things. So again, we can't design church and, and think inwardly about who's here and do it just for those people and their preferences. We've got to think about the people God wants to bring in and, and move out. Okay? It's not necessarily about growing it a church and a, and a large building. It's about using our buildings to launch, to grow and to launch people out to build other buildings. Okay? I'm a much bigger fan of having 100 churches of 200 people than a 25,000 person megachurch that people have to drive an hour or two to get to. Right? So, um, again, just kind of higher big umbrella sky things, uh, philosophies and, and um, kind of mind shifts that uh, I wanted to deal with. Um, so uh, I, I know there, I kind of threw a lot at you f- philosophically and, and hopefully some things to chew on, hopefully some confirmations that you're, you're, you're in the right spot and doing what you're, what you're supposed to be doing in some cases. Um, it's, it took... It took a lot of God grinding, grinding, and and uh, and seeking Him to realize that you know those things. Because I, you know, we, in kids ministry we have this thing. What we're we going to do today? Change the world, and you know, I'm not the only world changer. We change the world 
with everybody doing it. It's, it's an all-skate, right? Uh, it's an all-skate. So that's next-gen ministry kind of from, kind of from a 10,000-foot level, and, and I hope that uh, you're encouraged by that. Um, and I also hope you're kind of overwhelmed enough to know that you know, we all need each other, and we certainly need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to lead us to these people and to, to work in homes. And, and uh, we got to spend some time on our knees just as much as we do up in front teaching kids um, in our capacities. Uh, now, now we'll do the panel kind of thing. Um, if, you, if you need ideas on how to do something, if you're not sure how to handle certain types of ministry or certain parts in your ministry, um, we'll field those questions and I can share if it's something that I've experienced or if somebody else in the room has it. So again, at this point, I want us to kind of become panelists um, and really now we can dive into some practical things and maybe the, the practical thing that comes out can be that one step you take, that next step uh, that you take in this. So I'm going to start with pray. Pray. Uh, again, you're changing your own culture, you spend time in prayer uh, and, and just say, God, what's this going to look like here? What do you need me to do? Um, pray with your lead pastor uh, and, and your team. Um, you know, share things that God's laying on your heart. Make sure it aligns. You know, we, we're not trying to build independent ministries under the umbrella of a church name that the pastor has no idea what's going on, right? We're, we're part of God's overall mission for that local church. Uh, so pray and, and come in alignment with those. Um, any questions or anything? Yes, Malia. Um, Former JB Cure. Yes, awesome. Young lady serving God. Yay, Jesus. So I've known you for a while and yes. We talked about this in my first session, right? Yeah. So I'm there. Um, at least for now. I know, I know missionaries that have been called to missions, but they've served in Africa. Then they've served in South America. You know, there, there are certain instances where God moves people around within a certain lane, right? But then there are those who are lifelong, in a, in a lifelong spot. Right, and and Paul moved around certainly, um, you know, and Timothy bounced around and went where Paul sent him, and all, all these things. Uh, so ministry, there, there is some motion in that um, from a New Testament standpoint. Um, but there, there were periods of my life. I'm I'm an only child, type A, control freak, protector on the enneagram, like you know, said yes to everything because I can do it, and I was doing it, and I was doing it well, and but I was doing it. If you know what I'm saying. It wasn't what God was... But anyway, so it started with discontentment. You weren't happy where you were, which is why I harped on be faithful where you're at. Um, that's what changed for me. God kind of transformed that outlook. And, um, you know, Blysville is it's the spot um, right now, and it's kind of home. I, I grew discontent in, in, my, in my previous couple churches and, got, and was selfish and, and well... Selfish in the the earlier church, and then the the transition church was just God saying, "See, I told you so," kind of thing, um, is what that was. And um, I don't want to dive too deeply in details. So it was the discontentment breeds unhappiness, breeds you know, just kind of. My first session was about spinning plates, how Jesus spun plates, uh, just saying yes to everything, that sort of thing. So. Um, you know, with this position where I'm at now, I, I learned my lesson about halfway through my last church and really sought God and just started, just started seeking God and talking with my wife and we, we were, you know, this isn't working and what, what you know, it was just kind of that sort of thing. I have no idea what sort of prayer she was praying. Uh, maybe just help my husband shut up. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but um, there, it's, so there, there's a, a season in which you, you just, because I, I can do ministry. I've been in the AG. I've, I started stacking chairs at five and never looked back and, you know, served in every role, ranger, commander, worship leader. I've worn all the hats throughout my life and I know how to do it all. I know how to do it all. And I say that in a bad way, right? I know how to do these things. I didn't, you know, I can do it with or without God's blessing. I can just do it. We, we can get in that motion of ministry, right? And then the motions of what we do. Um, so how did I know when it was time to move? God told me. The first time I wasn't listening to God and I moved. And the second time I moved because God was like, okay, you're, here it is. 
and it just it worked and it's it's awesome. Does that make sense? Other questions? What about in your own show? Yeah. Jace is it, oh Jabin. Jabin. Okay, oh cool. Nice name. All right. So they're they're like you you say you know spend some time with your kid or do do this kind of thing and then, but then they, they don't. How do you how do you kind of judge that? Because you don't want to give up on the kid. Well, no, and you don't want to give up on the family. Um, building some accountability with those things, um, and and initially start you know be gracious. Let me let me help you and and check in on in, in a gracious way. Hey, I know I gave you the you know the, this handout with the devotions and stuff. How's that going? Is is there what what are you running? Are you having struggles? Are you running into that? Because um, you know, our devotional life is just as inconsistent as anybody else's, right? Like you know, I'm some days I'm in it, and some days you know I'm busy, and I, I skip certain parts of my devotion and, and what I'm supposed to you know what I should be doing spiritually. Again, it goes back to our own environments and our own opportunities. So, be gracious in that, recognizing that none of us are perfect. And, and just continue to work with them and check in on them. Um, don't, you know, don't get discouraged. Um, just realize, you know, there have been knuckleheads since Adam. And it's just, and I'm one of them. And I'm the, Paul said he was the chief of them, right? So, the, so just work with them and continue to just, hey, I know I gave you like two or three things. Just do one thing. If that's, if that's a struggle, do this. You know, maybe pull it back a little bit if you gave them two or three things uh, to do. But yeah, just check in on them. Maybe once, once or twice a week. Maybe, maybe twice a week to start for a couple weeks, and just encourage them and spur them on toward those things. And the next time you see them face to face, and uh, you maybe have a deeper, a larger conversation uh, if the opportunity presents itself. And uh, just know that it's it's going to be a process. This none of this. This is. This is not happening overnight. So if your thing is instant success and you're you're automatically, we we we've, we've gotten accustomed to going viral, right? Uh, social media wise, and, and we've seen ministries kind of blow up out of nowhere too. Um, again, where you are, where God has you, is where you're supposed to be, and, and be faithful there. And no one may ever hear your name, and that's okay. God does, because you were faithful, right? Your crown's in heaven, not in YouTube. <laughs> right or wherever so so just continue to work with them check in on them um, you know we we have we have some kids and families from our, both our previous churches that you know reach out to us occasionally and check in with them so even after you've left the spot you still have you know you still got people to pastor and, and shepherd along the way so just just stay in touch and encourage them lift them up and maybe it, it, and if they're struggling with it maybe model a session say hey Invite them over out for dinner and, and do that thing in front of them. Say, all right, we're going to do a, a family devotion, and I'll lead it just to kind of show you how to do it. You might need to model it. Um, we had a little thing at, Louis, at our church we were at for 20 years in Louisville where we called it this, the 649 conference, and it was based on Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. And we, we brought in a, a couple of speakers, and we did that for an entire day, just helping families modeling devotionals, modeling the SOAP method of reading the Bible um, and, and that sort of thing. So it, do, provide opportunities like that too. Um, bring them in for youth or, or kids and, and uh, say, just why don't you, why don't you come, come into the service and, and just hang out and hang out with the kids and, and us and, and uh, you know, we'll kind of do, the, do, do something a little bit more intentional with investing in the parents with the kids there. So, so the kids and parents both see it. So, if they're anything like my kids, when, when the dad messes up while doing it, they say, no, dad, you're supposed to do it this way. Kind of thing. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that just, just encourage them and, and provide, be intentional about your opportunities. Don't just give them a handout and say, ready, set, go. Um, you know, it's, it's not just about that. But what, what, and again, you deliver that however works. Uh, who's in a pretty digital place that, you know, their people are primarily good with the digital thing and, that's how they distribute material. We just switched to a church app, so brand okay. new, but moving towards that. 
Okay. All right. We are in a, we're in a rural community that's about, what are we, 70% over 60 in our church. And um, like people are still mad that we no longer put the tithe and offering in the bulletin as far as how much we raised last week, that kind of thing. Very old school, you know. Uh, not mad, but, you know, just kind of, it, it's changed. And that's, and that's hard. I'm an old guy. I don't like change either. But the, um, so, uh, you know, it, it, do that where to, you might have to make a lot more paper and do it in black and white to save money if you're in a tight financial spot. Um, you know, um, the digital tools are great, but they've got a lot of trappings as we talked about in my previous session. Um, and the kids are just, they're media saturated. Um, we were just, uh, we just found a felt board at our church and uh, we were just talking with a couple of, of friends and their kids love the felt board because they can see it and touch it. It's, it you know, we think, or I think, you know, for me, a Gen Xer who grew up like felt boards are antiquated, you know, think I have that because I grew up with it, that it's new to them. And it's like, oh, so recycle some stuff. Totally cool. Recycle some, some old school stuff, uh, do it in a fresh way and, you know, entertaining. But, you know, kids have been, we've surrendered the fact that they only want to see digital stuff. We, we've, I, I, I'm, I've come to realize, now I love tech just as much as the next guy and media and all that. And I think it's a great tool, but there's, there's a lot to be said for face-to-face -face physical interaction because there's five senses in children. And they need, to, they, they need to experience God through smell, taste, touch, sight, and hearing, right? All the senses. Um, so build those kind of experiences in, in, your, in your coaching and in your services uh, as well. Props, you know, squirt guns, whatever. <laughs> Water cannons, nerf darts, all the, all the above, right? Um, just, just engage it and, and, and that, they're connected more. You know, if, if you're doing, uh, you know, uh, off the top of my head, if you're doing David and Goliath and you, you know, you aim a nerf, nerf dart at someone and they feel the pop in their forehead, you know, they're gonna connect that and be like, oh, that's what, that's what Jesus did to, you know, and you say, that's what Jesus does to Satan whenever he tries to come against you. If you, you know, stand up and if you pray, God will rescue you and he'll pop Satan in the forehead. And they remember that feeling and they're like, oh, I got you. Okay, God's got me, right? Stuff like that, right? Huh? Yeah, that, that's when Jimmy's like, no, mom, and then, you know, Jesus beats our Goliaths and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, there we go. You know, it'll feel better when it quits hurting. So, um, it's the Gen X in here, sorry. Uh, we, I didn't have a bike helmet. Um, other questions? <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Uh, group me g-r-o-u-p-m-e group me it's an app it's a it's a group chat app on on in phone and it's for android and ios uh, we use it i use it to communicate to my teams and i use it to communicate to my parents um, because it, it some um, like there's a, a maximum number in a regular texting app uh, of people that can be in a group uh, so group me allows for a lot more and you can get you can pay for a subscription for it if you've got a large team uh, we're not there yet, so we still get the free stuff. Um, so, but you know, I've had like 35, 40 people in one group chat. So if you've got a, a large group communication, or you, or, or you want to start, you know, pastoring your teams, you know, group me, G R O U P M E. Uh, that's one. Uh, I think uh, other people use other things as well. That's just always been my go-to um, on that as a resource. Um, yeah. Yes. So here in coach, you touched, I really love what you said about like the individual encouraging, but what about like, so we do a monthly meeting, but I'm over eight weeks to fifth grade. So like, what would you recommend to break those up? Because I want to make our monthly meetings productive, but sometimes I feel like I'm talking about things that doesn't pertain to this group. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would, I would break it up uh, okay. more. I would do maybe... I might do a quarterly large group outing kind okay. of fun meeting That's where you cover some general information that applies to all and then may, maybe monthly you meet with the nursery gang or just okay. stay after church for a meal and, and go over a couple of new policy things. 
uh, minor policy and procedures, and you also you really don't need a meeting on it. Again, you just right. send that out and just just wait for confirmation and touch base with people to follow up and say, hey, did you get the, the new notice that you know we're putting Cheerios in this container and not just letting kids reach in the bag? Whatever, whatever your policies are, right? Whatever changes you make. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, my, I've had one large group meeting since I've come to Bysville, but I have changed a lot and communicated a lot subsequently. And um, like one of the things that I did for for. Um, in terms of pastoring and communication, one of the things I'll do is I'll, I will make a quick YouTube video on the phone, because you can record inside YouTube. So I make a YouTube video, and if you need, I can, we'll get there. Um, and I can put a how-to, like a step-by-step -step process in this Google Drive folder that I'm going, that I have for you. I'll add resources to this. but. Um, I just make a simple little file, and it doesn't have to be well produced or mic'd. I just, I'm literally, I have the phone on my desk on a little phone stand, and I'm just talking. Uh, and it just saying, hey, real quick, just wanted to show you, or I'm in the classroom that I made the changes. And um, I've made a few people seasick because clearly I don't stand still. So I'm like this, doing this and this, you know, that kind of thing. So, but I'm pointing out, hey, this is here now. I, I taught my people how to use an Apple TV remote using this. I just was like, here's an Apple TV remote, hold it up, you know, and th this button is for this, and all you do is this, bam, and then showed them, you know, whatever. I, I've, I've literally trained people with simple little low-tech, badly produced YouTube videos, but they know what they're doing when they walk in on Sunday, and, um, you know, so some, some trainings and things because of our digital age, they don't, they, they can be short and they don't have to be time consuming because everybody's got busy lives and yeah. you know, I've never had 100% of the people at a business meeting anyway or whatever. So, um, so YouTube is free and it's easy and you can send, then you just, in your GroupMe app, you send a little link to that video and only they can see it. It's not like on your channel, you know, that, that the world to see. It's, so you're only gonna get like five to seven views. So if you're a view person, get ready for your ego to get shot. But um, only people with that link can use that. Um, so um, it, it's a means that I know people that use YouTube videos, private YouTube videos, they have a QR code just like this. And it's, it's, if somebody's interested in serving in kids ministry, they scan this and it's a little video of, of the kids pastor or director going, hey, Here's kind of our expectations and our mission, and if you're willing, great. Click the link in the bottom, fill out the form, and we'll be in touch. You know, just something like that. Um, YouTube is awesome, especially with private links, because then you don't have to deal with having your channel full of eight bazillion things yeah. on a page and them having to sort through it. It's you just send the link and make it relevant, and then it kind of falls off the map. Um, and uh, our, our ladies, use, I did it. Um, I also used it as an Advent devotional. We went through an Advent book in Christmas, 25 days of Advent, little 10 minutes a day, and I just, same thing, on the stand, made it, uploaded it, sent the link, and, and uh, our, our team, they really enjoyed that because you're shepherding them. And again, it's low budget. You don't need lights in a sound studio. You, you just need a, some sort of data connection to upload to YouTube and your cell phone. And it doesn't matter if it's a grainy old picture, if they can hear you and see you and you're you're speaking the Bible into them and praying for them. That's that's all that matters, right? Um, again, excellence is about wholehearted commitment to the faithfulness. It's not about the polished look necessarily, right? We want to do things well, yes, but we don't have to do every single thing at a high production value because it doesn't demand that. Does that make sense? So channel your time and energies elsewhere. It's still early. We still have five minutes. That, that person, I don't know what they did. So don't feel like we got to pack up. So if you have, do you have any other questions or is anybody doing anything like that they want to share that's like successful? With, uh, who, who are actual paid kids pastors, part-time or full-time? We have, okay, part-time. Yeah, there's no such thing as part-time ministry. It's just part-time pay. I know. Yes. Um, so we have that. And, and then we have some team members. And then who are youth pastors in here? Youth, youth, okay. Is there anybody that's doing both besides me? You, okay, are, are you actually teaching both as well? The answer is yes or no. Okay, <laughs> all right. We were doing the, the youth uh, separate, yeah, the, it just couldn't happen and just all kinds of reasons. So now I've got clever, I thought, and I have the youth as my helpers in the 
children's church. Okay. And they're getting as involved as the children. There is nothing cooler to a third grader than a teenager that follows Jesus. They expect people with gray hair like me to. You know. So what? Zippity doo dah, you're an adult. Oh, that person's on the football team and they read their Bible. Oh, it must be okay. Yeah. So that's awesome. I, I'm a big believer in letting students serve and, and do that. That's, that's totally awesome. I feel like in here from the dating section. Yeah, I was teasing all the younger ones. We had a, a, a March missions shootout for BGMC. And uh, I was the oldest one there. And I was the only kid in the leader that was shooting back at the kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I told those young ones, I said, I'm here to be in the Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is awesome. All right, uh, so, you know, the kids' pastors, I don't know. I, do you serve under like a, a next gen director, anything like that, or you're just kids pastors separate from youth pastors? Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, the, the trend, there's starting to be more people that do what we do and have to oversee both and like not just direct and say, okay, so and so is scheduled and kids and so and so is doing youth. It's you're there <laughs> leading the thing, right? That um, it's starting to become the trend, um, it, but more importantly, this this holistic idea of next-gen ministry is really, that's the bigger thing. It's not about the staffing necessarily so much as the vision. Um, and that's more what I wanted to really pour into you. So your, your kids' ministry feeds into your youth ministry that also feeds back into your kids' ministry. Um, again, there's nothing cooler than a teenager that, to, a, to a fourth or fifth grader that is, you know, serving Jesus. Um, and, uh, and doing those things, and that's the modeling, and that's another way to pastor is just raise up. And um, I don't know if I have to say this in this room, but I'm gonna, anyway, don't sell kids short. A 12-year-old killed a giant, right? Uh, a 12-year-old taught Pharisees in the temple. Granted, he was God, but you know. <laughs> Nevertheless, a 12-year-old taught Pharisees in the temple things they had never heard. They were amazed and astounded. Don't underestimate the, the, the ability and what God will do through the power of the Holy Spirit to a child that you invest in. Give them opportunities. Don't just give them opportunities to fail. As part of your environment, especially in youth, like youth worship, right? If a kid's, if a, if a girl, you know, we've had girls on our worship team at youth that can't sing, give them a mic and turn that sucker down. <laughs> because they've got all this other noise around right, them. Right. And they, you know, and you turn them up in the monitor so they can say, Pastor Scott, I can't hear myself in the monitor. Okay, turn them up in the monitor so they can hear themselves. But in the main, you know, whatever. Let them serve and, and God will sort out, you know what? Right. You, you, maybe I'm not a singer, but you know, let them fail. And, and pastor them through that too. You know, part, they're on a they're on a journey too, and we, we just kind of get to be guides and, and point them. So, let let the let the little kids you know they stack chairs. You call on a little kid to pray, pray for missionaries, and it might just be like, dear God, bless the money. They, they may, it may not be anything spiritual apart from the dear God part and amen. Right? Teach them what amen means. Y'all know what amen means. Right? Is that a yes? Yes. I mean, so be it, right? So be it. Let it be done, right? So teach them those little, take those little opportunities to take the churchy stuff that we take for granted and let them know the impact of what that really means, right? Those moments. So don't miss the power of those moments and make those opportunities. Um, other questions? Any concerns? Are we? Okay. All right, good. Um, yeah, the QR drive, the, the Google Drive, I've, I've loaded a, a lot of, there's a lot of data from a Barna survey. There's some statistics. Again, my, my goal was to give you some things to kind of think big picture and kind of see where we're at. So there's a lot of data on, on biblical literacy and, and Bible engagement and, and kind of where families are right now um, in there. But I'll upload a list of, of YouTube and, and some other resources in there on a Google Doc uh, that you can link to and, and use in your ministries if you want as well. I have those. I just got to transfer it into here. Um, no problem. So, and if you need anything uh, with that, um, I didn't give my contact info at the previous session, did I? All right. Do you have a question? Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned the, uh, you said we called this. Next Gen Conference. Yep. 
That, oh. oh, the 649 conference. Yeah, 649 conference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Sure. I think I still have all the material. I'll just put all in Make it your own logo and everything. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Can I pray over you? We didn't open in prayer. I'm going to close in prayer. Father God, thank you for this time, and I thank you for for the people in this room. God, the people in these buildings um, who are just serving and, and boots on the ground and the frontline people. God, I pray that you would uh, just allow this day to be a, a refresher, just a, a, a time of rest and, and re- regeneration, restoration, encouragement. Uh, that they're not alone. Encouragement that they're where they're supposed to be, and, and uh, just encouragement that there's there's more work to be done. That they're not alone in this task. God, I pray that you would uh, bless the the efforts and the and the things that uh, that you're going to lay on our hearts and inspire us to do. And I just pray for a year from now that there's some amazing stories of, of families being restored and, and of kids engaging in, in service and serving and and uh, just leading people to Jesus and all the things that uh, that we've been uh, called to do. God, I pray that you would give us energy each day, help us to see the opportunities to change our environment, our church environment, and to focus on all these drivers that, that are part of this next-gen ministry. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to, to share my heart, and, and I just pray that uh, it's inspired some people. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all very much.